one and all, and welcome to MGA, Magical Girls Anonymous. This is a support group to help individuals who have gone through the hardships of being turned into magical girls and had their souls ripped out and turned into gems to get some of the help that they so desperately need. Um, I would like uh, everybody to go around the table and introduce themselves. Um, to the magical girl from Florida, would you please introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Megan. Uh, my soul got eaten by an alligator once. Didn't hurt. Also, uh, just so you know, Florida Man's just a magical boy. His magical power is meth. I, I can only imagine. How else would he survive that uh, smoking that much bath salts? I don't know, man. He, like, pushed a hard entire hurricane wave through the power of memes. <laughs> and Naruto running. Don't, don't Naruto run into the hurricane. That Facebook group was okay, a mistake. Okay, like, real, real talk, there was at one point last year, during, like, one year during a hurricane where the county that I live in had to make an actual advisory about not shooting guns into hurricanes <laughs> because bullets would blow back and kill them. They had a whole, like... Like PowerPoint presentation and everything. We're learning. We're gonna learn a lot from tonight. But let that be the first thing. Don't don't shoot the hurricane. All right. Um. To my. Um. Let's see. Uh, also, I'd like to introduce our uh, magical boy from Massachusetts. Uh, could you please introduce yourself? My name's Amon. I fight townies mostly. No, not townies. College students. And sports fans. I mean, what, what is with those college students? They're like, they do D&D &D all night, and then they crash at the Denny's at 3 a.m. when everyone should have gone to sleep? What's up with that? No, they drink White Claw and root for the socks. See, see, you, see, no, you, say, see, no. see you say this, but one of them got drunk and drowned near where I live, actually. Like, they're, they're getting up to much worse than that. No, see, see, they needed the Magical Girls Anonymous support group. Why? Why? I want, him, I want him to die. I fucking hate him. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Coming in here, crowding up the tea. They... Fucking move in weekend. Screw we will discuss that later. And um, <laughs> I, I'm move, move on over to um, our magical boy buddy from Tennessee. Um, I understand that you've also had some negative experience with White Claw in the past. Yeah. My name's Hardy. I sold my soul to Cube for a pizza and a six pack of beer. <laughs> I have few regrets. Was it the good kind of pizza at least? Oh yes, the pizza was delicious. <laughs> but the beer was PBR, so. Did you? Oh. Did you? I, I'm a bias towards my own location because, um, well, let's just say that we're a little spoiled in what's called Beer City, USA. So whatever you sold your soul for, I don't think it was good enough. Yeah, I just realized that. Hardy, did you know it was PBR when you made the deal? Hey, I just said beer. I didn't. I was not smart enough to actually select the brand. Monkey paw rules, ain't they great? Yeah. And I am the magical boy, Noah Clue, coming in from Michigan, where um, we basically sold our souls for five... Uh, we were sold, told that we were going to get five Great Lakes, but we didn't even get that. One of them had to go to Canada. So um, all we're... And, and they, they, uh, they completely um, took over the entire um, area where everybody was living, too. So all we're left with are these long sandy beaches where I like to go to drown my sorrow. I mean, it could be worse. We could all be that magical boy from New Jersey who just wishes for the new game dub to go up on Crunchyroll, right? Am I right, guys? I'm gonna put it. This is, all you play, people playing the home game, go ahead and take a shot for Dunks on Andrew in a Dub Talk episode. All right. So you're probably wondering, what 
what are you people talking about? This is Dub Talk, and it is. Welcome to the Dub Talk episode, where we have a very special episode. We are doing our very first Patreon request. Woo! Yes, because uh, I think you too could be one of our patrons, and we would actually like to acknowledge those wonderful individuals who support our work here on this podcast. We have our $5 patrons. We have Crimson Echidna, Michelle Travis, and Nico Robin, but with yaoi hands. And extra special thanks to our $10 patrons, Brad Mitchell, Carly Lestikow, Jacob Wilson, Jared... Melissa Lenti, and Wee B, spelled W-E dot B. So for this episode, we are indeed doing a special patron request where our $10 patrons, uh, one of them got to pick the episode that we would cover, and Jared, our good buddy Jared, said that he had one Shaft anime from 2011 that he really wanted us to take a look at the dub for. Can anyone guess what that show was? Not Bakemonogatari. I'm sorry, but there is no dub for Bakemonogatari. Why is there no dub for Bakemonogatari or any of that series? Bakemonogatari's dub is found dead in Miami, just like my hopes for a Makaku City Actors dub. It, it, it's resting there along with the dubs for, um, for Hero Man and anything else that hasn't gotten a dub yet. <laughs> but no, this is, uh, this is the episode that we are doing on Puele Magi Madoka Magica, the 2011 Magical Girl anime directed by Akiyuki Shinbo, written by Gen Orobuchi, character designed by Ume Aiki, and music by Yuki Kajira. Wow, that is a cast list there. Indeed. So if you could not guess from that repertoire or our excitement in Magical Girl-ness, this is a show that has a bit of a reputation as being a... Magical Girl Show, yep, just like Carcaptor Sakura, Sailor Moon, all of that good stuff, but with a dark twist to it. And if you haven't seen the show yet, I will give you a synopsis, but be warned, that spoiler warning is at the top of our episode for a reason. This show is spoilerific starting now. So, in Japan, there is this phenomenon called Magical Girls, which are girls who have made one wish to this character called Kyubei, and in exchange for that one wish, which could be anything you want, they have to become Magical Girls, where they're given special powers, and they have to fight against witches, which are these supernatural beings who cause everything bad in the world, depression, anxiety, suicide, everything bad in the world. Our story focuses on a couple of girls, such as Madoka Kaname, who is best friends with Sayaka Miki, a girl who makes a contract. Did nothing wrong. Who did nothing wrong. We will discuss that. You in the comments, hold off for a little bit. But the whole story gets started when a mysterious transfer girl named Hamura Akemi shows up, um, writes her name properly on the board, which is how you know she's a badass, and tells Madoka, don't make a contract with the fluffy demon from hell. Just don't do it. Um, and then the fluffy demon from hell shows up. Kyubei is a character who, well, we'll talk about him more as we go along, but basically everything that could go wrong in the show basically does. But it's okay, because we're here to talk about it. We will get through this together. Kyubei's a dick. The worst. Remember, kids, being a Maguka is suffering. Well, I mean, there's got to be at least one character who got away scot-free, didn't they? Madoka's really. little brother, maybe? You mean the hoe? That's pretty much it. <laughs> so, um, well, um, why are we, um... Truly, he was the real evil the entire time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is, um, a show that got a dub from Bang Zoom, and we're, we're gonna talk about it. 
So, um, talking about this show, let, let's talk about the cast for a little bit. Let's start with the directing and the script writing. Um, this show um, was directed and written by one man who is a bit of a legend in the Bang Zoom world. His name is Alex Von David, and if you've seen any anime dubbed by Bang Zoom in the last couple of years, you've probably heard his work before. If you've seen Sword Art Online, Konosuba, or Kill a Kill, he did the directing and script writing on all of those shows, and a ton more to go with that. Um, so to talk about this, um, Megan, can you tell us um, how, what the direction and writing is like in this show? So I think for the most part, the writing is pretty solid. It's been at, God, it has to have been at least five or six. I want to say it's been at least five or six years since I touched Madoka in general. But when I, and by touched, I mean like genuinely only went through like a little bit of it for a thesis paper that I wrote, which fuck Rebellion. It fucked my entire thesis paper over and I refused to watch it on principle for that reason. Look, look, nobody. I'm sorry, I haven't seen anyone who liked Rebellion. Nobody. Like, I refused to watch Rebellion on principle because it messed with my thesis. Said thesis was on how Madoka Magica proves the theory of limited animation. If you know what that theory even is. So, but in terms of, like, Madoka proper, god, I think I watched it when it was airing and that was when I was was like what spring of 2011 winter 2011 it, it was pretty early 2011 and um th there was like, a little bit of a delay because yeah no it was winter it was winter of 2011 because i vividly remember the last two episodes having to be delayed for the tsunami that's right yeah so i was like a freshman in college when i wrote that and that was like eight years ago so i i have seen this all the way through in japanese before um needless to say i don't have a very high opinion of a lot of this dub I think the writing is okay. Uh, there is one scene in particular that I think is just absolutely atrociously directed. Um, there are times that I think that certain characters' ticks aren't really handled very well. Uh, and we'll get to that with specifically, like, one character. I think that Noah and I both kind of agreed that, we, that they didn't get that character's, like, actual, like, maybe their verbal tick across. But... Writing the writing is at least far better than the direction in my in in this case. This is a very blase dub. This is a dub that I think I I watched episode one on Sunday and stopped because we originally were gonna do record this on Sunday and then we pushed it back to, to what we're recording now. And I I think I was like at least four or five minutes in and I just was like. There is a reason I just never had finished the show in, in English ever. It's There's a lot of stilted dialogue. There's a lot of flat line reads. There's a lot of just... Madoka Kaname, will you change your fate? Like, very... <laughs> and from a lot of actors, actresses that I like. I like everybody who's in this cast as an actress. They have vastly improved from when this was dubbed. Um, so this isn't a case of, like, these are bad actors. Nobody, I, especially with the core Magical Girl cast, none of them are known for being bad voice actresses. In fact, a lot of them are considered some now some of the best at what they do. Um, it, it's specifically for typecasting, too. Um, I think that one of the other things I think that genuinely also bothered me, we're not talking about the character... Um, Madoka's mom sounded like she was the exact same age as Madoka to me. And that was really, really weird. 
Because I get her character design is, like, moey and cutesy. Yeah, yeah, she looks like she's still in high school. But she shouldn't sound like that. Yeah. Like, it, it's really weird when you're expecting, like... And then, like, the, the other... The one other female adult teacher has a really weird voice to me that was, like, too cartoonish for this show. Like, yeah, this show is moey and cutesy, but, like... It's very dark and very jarring at points. This is a Gen Urobuchi show, like... I, I've been on another show, a dub for another Gen Urobuchi show, that being Fate Zero, and I think that dub is miles better than this. Granted, I also think that the material's a little bit stronger, but that's another story. Um, but to me, the most glaring mishap that this entire dub has, and I'm sorry for going on like and ranting about for this, is um, there's a scene in, I think, episode 8, where uh, if, you've, if you've seen the show, you'll know it as, like, the moment that Sayaka Miki just finally fucking snaps and kills people. And there are these two guys on the train who are supposed to be kind of thuggish talking about women. Their 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 girlfriend. And the the show for the most part has had like only one character really swear. But I mean like I think I heard a fuck dropped in that scene. I mean you kind of do you consider the word bitch to be a swear? I do in the I do actually consider it to be something like a swear like because I even though I I swear a ton that's why guys uh, no like, no you no I've never heard you swear shut up Noah sorry but um, they they do use I mean the other characters especially um, Kyoko does drop the word bitch. that's what, I was gonna save it for her segment but like and the other thing is too is like it sounds very very stereotypical African American thug and it comes off as really jarring. And I don't know if the actor who did that scene is is a person of color. And I was like, I, I remember I I was I was getting more into the dub mostly because that arc was being carried by the actor I consider to be the strongest actor in the dub. And it snapped me completely out of the moment that was happening. And it was it, it absolutely snapped me right the fuck out of it, which was really bad because it's one of my favorite moments in the show. Um, so overall, I think this is a dub that has good intentions, but just really doesn't live up to what it needed to be. Like, Madoka getting dubbed back when it came out was a huge deal, because this was like, it's not as much nowadays, and I think Madoka Fever is going to potentially come back in winter of next year when, um... The phone games adaptation anime is getting done. The fully and dubbed game. Madoka, if you don't know, Madoka has a gotcha phone game called Magia Record. It's a, it's got the world's longest fucking summoning sequence. Um, it's also super grindy like Fate Grand Order. It's getting an anime next year. Huzzah! Madoka Fever's coming back, everybody. Yay! Um, like, I remember, like, when Madoka was the thing in anime, like... Madoka was God and had kicked Haruhi off her throne. <laughs> there, like, there were memes. There were memes out there. Of there were there were memes. Like, and and Madoka itself has always kind of like it. It has this weird place now where like Madoka, for better or for worse, did also change the genre that it's for. There are a lot of people I know who appreciate Madoka Magica but hate what it's done for the genre because now people think that fluffier, lighter magical girl shows are for babies, which. They're not. Go fuck yourself. Um, that they like, for better or for worse, anime like Madoka Magica sprung the reason why I think we have things like Magical Girl Raising Project and Magical Girl Sight. 
uh, one of which has a dub, one of which doesn't because it was on Amazon Jail. Right, right. But I do think that the dub of this show has no, is not the quality I think I expected it to be. And especially let alone from Alex Von David, who back in that day I think was like the king of California. Like, I can't say that nowadays because nowadays I think people like Steve Staley, Carrie Keenan, um, Erica Mendez have all really stepped it up. Uh, Chris Kasin, sorry, I almost left out Chris Kasin. Um, Wendy Lee, they've all really stepped it up, and a lot of their dubs are super strong. Uh, I, I guess I could say Stephanie Shea and Michael Sigurdicolis, but I think they need, they're NYAV posts and they have a California end. Uh, they also, uh, Suzanne Goldish, Rita Majecut, and the Buckholtz. So, like, especially from Alex Von David, I think I expect better. This is by far the weakest of his dubs I think I've watched. I wasn't aware the phone game was getting an anime. <laughs> yeah. Look, look, look. The existence, the existence of the Madoka franchise will never not confuse me. If there was ever a series that was like supposed to be just a self-contained little thing that never had any spinoffs, mm -hmm. it's Madoka. Do you know me? Fuck. Do you know how much fucking manga there is? Yeah, there's like a fuck ton there's, of there's, manga. There's, there's, there's eight of them, and all of them take place in alternate realities because you can't do any fucking thing in the main one because it ended. It, well, that that doesn't bug me. What bugs me the most is when there there's tons of merchandise and tons of marketing around the main characters. Like there's pachinko machines, there's uh, fast food promotions. Everything has the main characters, and they're all like happy to be here, even though you know what their fate was in the main series. It's like you well, should not be here. Yeah. Well, Gainax makes a lot of money off of Evangelion for similarly strange reasons, so yeah, what's she gonna do? Anyways, to get to get back on topic, this dub's fine, but like fine and kind of a weary like. You want to watch this, and you like watching dubs because you often like to have something you know that you can kind of half watch while you're doing some busy work. It doesn't require a lot of brain power. It's fine, but that's kind of it. It feels very. It feels very okay. I think it definitely suffers from that trend where if you had a cutesy Moe show, you kind of try and recreate the cutesy Moe voices in English, even though that almost never works and usually sounds pretty bad. Um, which I think I think hits not everybody in this. I do I do think some people who we'll get to later overcome that, but I think um, I think in I think in particular Madoka and Homaru suffer. Madoka more so, I think, um, suffers a little bit from just sounding like. I don't think it helps that I was able, hearing it this time around, is able to recognize, oh, it's that actress talking in a higher register, and that's all I could ever hear whenever she was speaking. Mm -hmm. um, I think there's, I think there's that. Frankly, given given the talent behind this, it's, it is sort of bewilderingly okay uh, to the point where I'm, I start wondering about like, uh, you know, questions I'll never have the answer for. I did some digging, and as far as I can tell, I think this was like the second dub uh, Aniplex of America actually commissioned for one of their shows. Um, after Durarara, and uh, this ends up learning questions like, all right, is this partially, like, were they given a weird timeline to work on this? Is that part of why this seems so subpar for the talent behind it? I don't know. Um, I don't I don't have too much to add that Megan didn't already cover. It's just, it's very, like, is is fine. If you, if you prefer dubs, if you like hearing things in English, is fine. But if you, like, have the option, I would also probably recommend watching it in the Japanese, because I think that's probably stronger in the end. Yeah, like, like if it's not clear by now, I think most of us had, like, we, we wish we liked the dub a bit more than we do. Um, Hardy, I, you have an interesting story about this show in particular. I, I kind of want you to share that with the audience. Oh, okay. Uh, how ironically, 
the guy who hates Aniplex of America the absolute most among us is the only one of us who has a physical <laughs> copy of the limited editions. Um, yeah. Yeah, and uh, funny story, uh, back in the day, um, I used to go onto a forum known as the, De the Desu Desk Brigade's forum called The Bucket. And I was, um, yeah, woohoo, Desu Desk for, Des for Life. Well, I, I mean, all, all of us, us were. Aman, Megan, and myself, and you all were. We're all bucketeers. Absolutely. Desu Desk for <laughs> Life, man. Hey, welcome back to 2012, everyone. But you know me. I'm always the angry Aniplex guy who can't stand whatever they do and always rants and yada, yada, yada. It's on my Twitter profile. You can read it. Um, but my friend Dorcas there, who is a huge Madoka fan, big time, um, he made me a wager. He says that if I could go for one year, or until he gets to visit uh, Anime Blues Con, that if I could go for one year without saying anything negative about Aniplex of America, that he would give me a full set of the limited editions. And so for one year, I did not say anything negative about Aniplex of America. I know some of you might find that very hard to believe. Oh, it was a fun year. All oh, of you yeah. listening, oh, yeah. if, if you could come across Hardy and you could you could taunt him a little bit and saying like, man, I sure love paying $75 for three episodes of this show. Don't you, Hardy? Man, I, I just love snuggling up with my kill-a-kill low-resolution DVD sets that cost me half of my student loans. Don't you, Hardy? And so, yeah, Dorcas was good on his word. He bought me the set, and uh, I have treasured them to this very day, and I just got done re-watching them for the first time in a few years. And uh, and Noah, being the jealous little git that he is, constantly berates me for having a set, and ha he doesn't. So, it, and, and we'll never have. There, there was one time... Once I did see in a used video store in my town, somebody had sold them, I think it was box set number two of the limited edition, um, and I was tempted to grab it, No, but then stopped said, I'd have to hunt down the other ones, which I'm not going to be able to do, because those box sets are very rare now, because mm -hmm. that show is technically out of print? Yeah, technically. I think you could still buy the complete collection, but it's still expensive. The, your best bet would be to buy the uh, the import from um, Australia, I think is where it's from. Or the UK. The, yeah, right. Probably the UK. Yeah. Yeah, I think a few of my friends uh, imported the UK set, which is a pretty good deal. Um, but yeah, um, that's my Madoka story, and, uh, and Noah's never getting my box set. I'm sticking to it. Yep. But you, you will give me the, the Weird Al set, though, right? Only if, uh, nah, nah. We'll, we'll, we'll work out a wager. We'll make a contract. Party, if anything was to happen to you, can I claim the Maguka set? <laughs> we'll, th we'll, we'll see. That, that's probably, ominous. Because I'll probably just donate it all to the video store. But uh, all things considered, considering especially how expensive Aniplex sells this show for, the dub is a thing... But it needs to be a better thing, I could think. And it could have been a better thing. I don't... I have to say a lot of these actresses, some of them had already had years of experiences. Some of them were almost brand new. And I think with a little more time and a little more direction, it could have been something really, truly magical. You know, pun intended. Um... But as it is, it's completely listenable. It's just not 
particularly fantastic. And depending on how high profile a show that Madoka really is, it really needed something fantastic to to uh, to go along with it. And this dub could have been so much better, especially considering we've heard dubs from Alex Von David that were both predate this dub and came afterwards that were really, really fantastic. And so, yeah, it's if you if you want to watch the show without reading subtitles, it's fine. You know, it, it's a perfectly listenable dub. It's just not per, it's just it's just not that great. I, I appreciate your guys' honesty because um, this is um, in the reputation of the show. Um, has a lot of people who have to defend it because there there are people who also don't like the show itself because it's so popular. Like the, you know, there's people who say, "Oh, it, you only like it because it's popular." And I, I think most of us can agree. No, we we like the show itself, but when it comes into the English track, there's a high expectation for the the how well the show is written and what kind. I mean, when the show when this show's dub first came out, like I was a super huge Madoka fan, like. I don't know how many people know this, and I, I think I've brought it up, like, a couple of times on, on the podcast. I am still, like, an avid League of Legends player. And I've been playing since Madoka came out. My username on fucking League is literally Puella Magi. <laughs> what? You think I'm kidding, but I will take a screen... I will literally take a screenshot of my account to put in the editing of this. You think I'm kidding? I'm not. No, no, I believe you. I, I, I've lost many... I, I, I still get people to this day who go, is your name a Madoka reference? And I'll say, yeah, it is. And I get one of two responses, which is, I love that anime, or Madoka spoiler, Madoka spoiler, Madoka spoiler. <laughs> I mean, it's been eight years now, people, and it's readily available for streaming. But holy shit, I've been playing League of Legends for eight... I've been playing League of Legends for eight years. Holy shit, guys! Here, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put up that gif, that gif from Jumanji of um, of Robin Williams saying, "What year is what year it?" Is <laughs> but um, uh, to really bring a point about the dub, we'll talk more about the characters as we go along here. But yeah, there, this is a kind of show. Like, if you've seen the character designs, you know that it, it was designed by the character designer for Hitamari Sketch, another uh, popular Shaft show. That's you know, it's got a very moified, mo blobby, um, last girls tour kind Their of look to it. Their faces are flat. It's yeah, they're well, all flat. <laughs> are, are you? Yeah, I'm trying to like, hmm. I don't want to offend anybody, but they are, and they're squishy. Look, look, they're 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 well designed characters. That's not a complaint. That's just always the thing that stands out whenever I see. This or hit of our sketch, it's like their faces are so flat. So, so with that look, you would you would expect the and there is no dub for Hinamari's sketch, so we don't really have like a comparison to go off of for a similar looking show. But this the style of the show for the writing is uh, is very mature because it, it tackles topics like nihilism, about self sacrifice, about um, entropy, thermodynamics gets in there somewhere, and when the characters. Sound squeaky high up. I love thermodynamics. Madoka, the science girl. Anyways, this uh, the way that it's directed because it, it's a it's a problem across the board. We've noticed it seems to be an issue with the direction. Rule of thumb for dubbing: if one character sounds bad, usually it's just a bad actor. If it's the whole cast, it's usually a problem with the director. And if it's a problem with the entire production, like some shows there may be some meddling from the Japanese cast from the Japanese production like having mandates um, but in this case here 
I think it they just had a hard time nailing down how to translate these archetypes into English because we don't quite have an American or a Western equivalent to what Madoka is. So let's get into the characters more to really dig into this because we are in for a trip. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, we're, we're going to talk about two characters who um, conversely may be your favorite. Who are and not magical girls. Who are not magical girls. Um, th there will be things to say about this. I'm going to be nice here. I'm just going to give a neutral description of their names here. You can let your venom loose after I'm done here. So our two characters are Kyosuke Kamijo and Hitomi Shizuki. The um, Kyosuke is, was rather a prodigy violin player who is also in middle school and he is in the hospital because through some accident his hand is now so damaged that he can't play the violin anymore and that is really really depressing for him. And Hitomi is the best friend of our two main characters Madoka and Sayaka who has more of an effect on the show in the second half that we'll talk about when we talk about the actual acting for it. But the reason the two of them are grouped together is because they may or may not have kind of become an item by the end of the show. But but we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. Let's talk about the actresses. And yes, actresses. <laughs> I, can, I can see the blackness enveloping Megan from here. And we're not even in the same room together. It's just, it's showing up over the horizon. Anyways, Kyosuke is voiced by Marianne Miller who you have heard in, um, let's see, let's look at a couple other Magical Girls shows she's been in. She was Amanda O'Neill in Little Witch Academia. She's Yuno in Magical Girl Lyrical Nanaho. And she's Mitsuri in Fully Cooly Alternative. And as for Hitomi, she is voiced by Shelby Lindley, who you've heard um, in K-On! as Sumugi. You've heard her in Squid Girl as Chizuru. And also, she's also in Magical Girl Lyrical Nanaho, that is a mouthful, as Hayate. Um, Megan, I'm going to hold you back for just a bit here, because I want Amon to go first on this one. The, the, the musical stage is yours. They're solid. Like, weirdly, weirdly enough, I think some of the supporting cast, possibly because they, they just have a little less heavy lifting to do, I think comes off a little bit better. Um... Let me see. Uh, Mill, I, I think Marion Miller actually does Kyosuke pretty well. I, I, I got a lot of his sort of anger and pathos, especially when he's kind of complaining about, like, being stuck here and being having been forcibly removed from, like, kind of the only thing, like, the big thing he really seems to enjoy in life. Um, and actually, like, I thought he, I, I thought she gave, like, a pretty strong performance in that regard. Um, and I, 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 I do, I do like Shelby and Hitomi, as I'm sure we'll hear from Megan. Uh, Hitomi is... <laughs> Like I don't, I don't hate her as much just because like I, 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 appreciate Madoka in a little too much of an intellectual way to get really upset at any of these characters. Like I'm a little too oh come from you're no, 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 look 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 she she is terrible, but it's like I I don't I don't care about Madoka. This isn't like Monster <laughs> where like I can get I can cry because someone I like dies. It's not that kind of show for me. Okay, uh, that's 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 a me relationship with the show, not something to do with the show itself. Uh, Hitomi's still kind of terrible though. <laughs> But in like, but in like a in like a teenage girl, terrible. Or part of it's like, she knows she's being selfish. And she's trying to be as not awful about it as she can, but she's still fifteen and she doesn't really know what that looks like. Um, I mean, we we needed a conflict to drive the the darker parts of the show home. So I, I guess this was, it's to be expected. Perhaps. Um, and I, I I did think she gave a nice performance in that. I think especially when it. Yeah, she, she's very cute in the beginning when she's just hanging out being friends. And then I think when you get to the scene where she, like, 
lays out, I like this boy you like, and I know you've been friends with him longer, so, like, I'm giving you a shot. You can take your shot. And, like, if you take your shot, I'm not going to say anything, I'm not going to cause a fuss. One day is not a shot. Look, look, again, she's 15, she doesn't know shit. She, is not, she does not have the worldly maturity she's to know like that. She's 13. That's a, that's a good point, but, like, still. I, I'm going to argue whether or not she does or doesn't understand what she's doing, because she's a rich girl. She, she goes to, like, tea-serving classes. Like, she knows what's up with, like, how society works or how she's supposed to act in society. Do you really think that she was taught in those tea-serving classes to steal your best friend's crush? I think there's something maybe in there about Probably. Me. Look, look, I don't think it's the point of the show, but I think there's a fair amount of the show that's kind of about, like, the bullshit exploitations women have to put up with society, and I feel like maybe this is this is the way women are encouraged to, like, fight against each other in ways that are kind of nasty and unhealthy. I, I prefer the, I sor know. the swords and spear method instead. I know. But, look, they... they they live in a weird, fancy glass future. There aren't any swords and there aren't any swords and spears to be had. The, the entire setup of this town. I'm, I'm getting off topic. So about the performances themselves. Anyways, I did, like I, I, I like Shelby. I think when it gets down to that scene, I think she gives like a a pretty solid performance. Um, I do like these two, even if and, and again, I think maybe they benefit from the fact that like they are smaller characters who don't show up as much and don't have to do as much heavy lifting, and so they they get more time to kind of focus on where it counts. And, you know, don't have to get... They don't have to be spread out as much, I guess. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, Hardy, similar thoughts? Uh, boy, you could tell that this show was made in 2011 because there were still stores where you could buy CDs. <laughs> I've been to Japan. They still have Tower Records. And listen to them. Like, not just buy them, but you could listen to samples of them. Right. Actually, yeah, that is super dated. That, the earlier mm -hmm. show I've seen that did that, and it probably came out the same year, I think, Angel Beats had a scene with that, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Angel Beats did come out super close, because I remember watching them both in my freshman year of high school. To be an otaku in 2011. Anyways, Hardy, you were saying? Honestly, I think Marianne as Kiyosuke is one of, probably, in my opinion, the the second strongest performance in the show. And it, which is saying something, because I think this is one of the, her first roles that she ever, yeah. I think she did, she was in the Nanoha dub, but uh, nobody knows what happened to that dub. But um, yeah, I, I have to say that she was super strong as, as Kiyosuke and really, really sold his, um, his sort of like emotional sadness and grief and, and um, anger over not being able to do the thing that he loved anymore. So, um, with Atomi, she's in the show so little that it's kind of hard to make a judgment on Shelby's performance. Um, okay, I want to ask one uh, part. See, see if you remember your impressions of this. Episode four, where she has the witch's kiss on, and she's going to the group's suicide meeting, and she's talking to Madoka about, we're going on a magical journey, Charlie. Like, did you get an impression <laughs> off of that? It's Candy Mountain! Candy Mountain! Mountain Charlie! Ah, oh, they took my frickin' kidney. Ah, oh, they took my frickin' soul gem! Ne never, never mix ammonia and chlorine together. Bad things will happen. You will lose a kidney. Yep. Mm. Mama, Mama Doka told me so! Ah, <laughs> oh, they took my frickin' soul gem! <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, yeah, Probably I think Sayaka Miki 2011. 
I think because Hitomi doesn't really do all that much uh, aside from steal boyfriends and get uh, get hypnotized, that I think Shelby does a, a suitable performance. Um, so yeah, I can't really complain about her as much as I can some of the other actor performances. But so yeah, that's all. That's that's it. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Megan. I have extended the chain a little bit, and I am letting you out of the cage. Please tell us why Hitomi is a hoe. He told me a fucking hoe. <laughs> he, he told me a hoe. How tell me over here? How tell me? Literally says girls can't love other girls. That's a fucking lie. Oh my god, I forgot about. Girls can love other girls. Another relic of 2011. Girls can't love other girls. Get your weak ass <laughs> shit out of here, hoe. Second, he told me has never once visited Kyosuke for all we know, and only seems to notice him once he comes back to school after getting magically healed by absolute number one best girl Sayaka Miki. Hitomi literally sees that her friend has been absent for a few days, and isn't acting herself, and gives her a penultimate 24 hours to decide, do you want that dick? Because if you don't want that dick, I'm gonna want that dick. And Miki's like, I don't know. I'm kind of going through some <laughs> shit right now, but I can't tell you that because you can't understand that. Like, I'll get more into this. Like, I remember, like, one of my vivid D2 memories was literally writing an entire post about how Miki, Sayaka Miki got the shaft in Madoka. And somebody goes, did you intend that pun? Oh. But Shelby was fine. Shelby, Shelby was... Ha ha, now you get that. Oh, God. When I wrote that post, I did not intend that, and somebody's like, ha oh, I get it, because Shaft animated it. Oh, uh, it was like, no. I was just using the turn of phrase, but fuck you. Um, Shelby's fine. Uh, Shel there are times I wish that Shelby was Madoka. <laughs> um, I thought she was better at being the teenage girl. Um, and Marianne Miller as Kyosuke is just, like, the se like Hardy said, the second best performance in this show. Um... Marianne Miller's really good at playing little boys. Because you want to know what she also did where she plays a little boy fantastically? I'm thinking about Ohana. Are you thinking of something else? No! She's a- she is baby Matthew Mercer in Fate Zero. Ah. It's a show I haven't seen yet. And if- if- yeah. And when you get to those episodes, like, Marianne Miller is really good at playing little boys, guys. Like, she excels at it. And it's kind of a shame that she's not in more anime, like, as in general, because I think she's a really great actress. Uh, and if this is, like, and again, when we're saying a character who barely shows up has more of an impact than a lot of the rest of the cast that's saying something. Also, I'd like to point out that this kid has the world's most ineffective, like, atrocious CD player I've ever seen in my life. Like that weird, like half open thing. That? No casing around it. Yeah, just... we're like you can see the, like where's the fucking laser? This, 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 this world was designed half by an Apple store and half by those that guy who makes those guitars where it's just a body and a neck. There's no like accoutrements on it. It's just as minimal as possible, and they all look really weird as a consequence. Very weird. No, nobody, yeah, nobody's freaked out by any of the, the like the weird Lovecraftian stuff because they already live in a weird world. Or the fact that this kid's hospital room just has a fucking library in it. No, no one, no one talks about how Madoka is set in like this weird, ostentatious near future where everyone's really rich. 
it just sort of is. I mean, there's things like, like, there's the... I also, I would also like to point out that, like, there was a post about the movies and the Blu-rays about the fence around the school. And it's like, broadcast, fence, home video, fence, first movie, and it's like, we need to go fencier. Because the fence just got more ornate as it went along. That's just... <laughs> Just like this kid literally at one point like has a fit where he smashes his hand and I thought that scene was really well acted and he cuts it because the CD's just spinning out in the open. There's no co protective covering. It's it's just spinning. It's like a record player for CDs in 2019. These um Marianne Miller is I I thought I was gonna be the only one who got to say she's the second best actress in the show, but no, Hardy and, and you guys nailed it down. She is of all the, there's one other character I'm gonna talk about who I think is the best acting, like, uh, just, like, gets their character the best, but Marianne Miller's definitely understands their character. There's a, there's a little part in episode five where, um, she, she's up on, she's, sorry, Kyosuke is up on the roof, um, with a repaired hand, with a magically repaired hand, is given his violin back, and uh, all he has, he has to make, like, this subtle little K to his dad who hands him the violin says go ahead and play it and it's it's so subtle but it sounds so authentic and it's just so indicative of the little things that Marianne Miller gets right in portraying this character like I get that like it feels like she gets the character really well and I wish we had that level of authenticity to some of the other actors but like you were saying Amon it might just be the fact that he has uh, so few lines that Maybe if they'd stretch it out to some of the meatier content that some of the air characters have to say that it may have stretched a bit too far, but I like Kyosuke just the way he was, the way Marianne played it. Shelby, on the other hand, it's, it may be wrong of me to say that it sounds phony, but it's the kind of phony of a rich person, because she's a rich girl living in a lonely world, that is trained to like always have a smile on her face and treat her friends well and always be a good role model. So when she has to go around and stab Saika in the back, uh, it's, it's with the most evil speaking voice I've ever heard. It's this really... I don't, I don't, I don't know how to describe it. It's just... It, I wish it was, um, it was less cutesy, is the way I wish I would describe it. But that's something that we talk about with a lot of different characters. But for what she had, because it's not like it's out of character for her. I think Shelby did all right. And Marianne just did great. Let, let's dig a little bit more into some of the other characters who um, did have some meteor content to talk about. So we can get ahead in this podcast. <clears throat> so. Uh, 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 who let the sheep uh, out? <laughs> I have a I have a pin of that witch. I liked wearing it on my jacket a lot. The the cake witch? There yeah. There's a pillow. There's like a hat of it somewhere. I swear to god. What's cre creepy? Really creepy is that in the movie that witch is like a friend of mommy and so it, because it's like very obviously no, 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 it, no, it's worse. That character is a standout character in that awful movie. It is. It's an, an absolute delight. It's terrible. That entire movie was like, mm. but let, let's talk about the. I love the fact that like people just attached attached to that specific witch the most, and that's why I think that 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 became the thing. Probably. I, I'm gonna speculate because we don't get a good look at some of their witches because the way they're animated, you don't get a good look like a feel for what they look like. So the one that you get you get a good look at one other one. I mean, um, how do you pronounce it? <laughs> Verpulga, not Verpulgasnock. How do you pronounce it? 
Walpurgis Not Walpurgis Night. Night. Uh, no, I'll, we'll get to it. Okay. So we, we got witches to talk about. Um, we got witches. We got magical girls to talk about. So uh, two characters we're going to talk about are the, um, the two of the magical girls. And like I said, they got magic powers. They fight witches. And boy, do they bite it in the end in this show. First one we're going to talk about is Mame Tomoe, who is... Um, uh, her, her color scheme is yellow just for people who wanted to know. And uh, she fights using guns, and specifically she ties things up. Like, she uses a lot of ropes and ribbons, ribbons to hold on to people, which is why she dies, because guns and bondage. that one witch couldn't be bound. But she didn't know that. If only there was a time traveler who could have told her not to do that. Oh, well. And the other character we have to talk about is we have... Kyoko Sakura, who is the red-themed one who fights with a spear it has got a really long chain to it and has a really tragic backstory about why cults are probably not a good thing to encourage. Let's talk about the actresses for these, shall we? Mami is voiced by Carrie Karanen, who you've heard as Gila in Seven Deadly Sins, Maya in Fate Zero, and this one's for you, Megan. Um, you can murder me if I pronounce it incorrectly. Ichio in Bungo Stray Dogs. Uh, Ichio, yeah, she's uh, uh, she's my she's my favorite. She's literally just Megan. Okay. That character can literally just be described as Megan. So, mommy plays um, Megan in the Bungo Stray Dogs franchise. <laughs> so, and um, as ask Hardy, ask ask Hardy how accurate of a statement that is. It's pretty accurate. I, I gotta watch the show. I, I will one day. It, it's on the list of shows that Megan recommended, and so I will watch them. It's up there with Sarah for the end. It's Megan with an assault rifle. <laughs> <sighs> Honestly, yeah. I just got shivers up my spine, Hardy. Hardy's dying. Amon's just dying. <laughs> So, um, as for... Alan just dying in the background. Speaking of dying in the background, Kyoko is voiced by Laren Landa, uh, who you've heard as Mio in Testament of Sister New Devil, Sailor Neptune in the Sailor Moon franchise, and uh, Kyoko in another Kyoko from March Comes In Like a Lion, world's best stepsister ever. Also done by Studio Shaft. Another, yeah, it is. I always forget that. Like, it, it doesn't feel like a Shaft show, but it is. Um, so, as for this, um, Hardy, um, Mommy, Kyoko, good, bad, what do you think? Ah, oh, this is where things start getting depressing. At least in Mommy's case. She sounds too old. It's, I, I think Carrie Karenin is a good actress, but I do not think she was the right pick for this particular character because... It's not that she sounds bad. She just sounds... She does not sound at all like a 14-year-old girl. Period. I think that the way she played Mommy was was well. How she was very elegant and very prim and proper. The, you know, one of the most... The sweetest of the magical girls. In this timeline. In this timeline, yeah. And, um... She's a real nutcase in the other ones. Yeah. I appreciate how she played it, but I don't think she was the right voice for the role. And I blame that more on the direction and less on Carrie. Um, Kyoko, Lauren, as um, as Kyoko, I did enjoy it a little bit better. I got sort of a early Wendy Lee vibe off of her. Yeah, and um, I think that she got the spunk of the character down and the attitude, but I think the voice was just a little bit on the flat side in this performance. 
Um, and is that just compared to the Japanese performance or what you... I, I, I wouldn't know. I have never watched the Japanese. Really? So maybe I should go back and do that, you know. But uh, I thought I thought Lauren was actually one of the stronger performances in the dub in general, but she still wasn't completely perfect. And again, I have to I don't I have to attribute that mainly to the direction and not so much the actresses themselves, because I've heard both of these actresses at other shows and they've been phenomenal. Um, I think, yeah, it's it's just it's poor direction is really what I blame things on. Megan, you think that too? Poor direction for these two? Especially in Mommy's case, yes. Because I think Carrie Cannon's a fine actress. I, I genuinely enjoy her in a lot of things. Um, she did not sound like a 14-year-old girl. This felt like... It, it felt a lot like the nicer portions of her Sotsky performance from Kill a Kill, which is another Alex Von David dub, where she's phenomenal mm-hmm. as Sotsky Kiryuin who is older, portrayed older, and and look, Mommy does not look like... Mommy is a very buxom 14-year-old. I'm not going to lie. I was... I was... Upon rewatching this show, Mommy's character design made me a little uncomfortable. Yeah, she got them uh, tig old bitties. Could you uh, could tell the show is made by a bunch yeah, of guys? she's a little, like... She's a little too... much for me. Right. Yeah, she, her design's a little, like... Yeah, like it's it's and, and I think the other reason too is that her design has a fucking corset. So, um, I like her hat. Oh, I, lo- I I fucking love her design though. Like the one thing I will say this, I think like her body proportions are a little out there for me. But like I love every magical girl character design in the show. Like I fucking love the design of this show, especially like the witches' labyrinths and shit. Like top notch shit. Um, but. I think that, like Hart said, Carrie Kiernan has the tone down. There are the one other complaint I would have is that when she says some of her like a fin- like attack names, like Tiro oh, finale, she does. It's very flat. I have to agree. Yeah, it is very flat. Like, I, like it, that's one of the things I vividly remember from the Japanese, and you can even hear how I said it, like. Mommy Seiyu was very enthusiastic about saying Tiro Finale! Like, loudly. And guess what? Carrie Kiernan can do that. I play League of Legends. She's Lux. She yells Final Spark very, very enthusiastically. Hell, League of Legends has a magical girl line where Carrie Kiernan is the leader. I'm I'm getting the the sense of missed opportunities from this this episode is what I'm getting. Oh, it's gonna get it's gonna get even funnier when I get down the line a little bit to other people who are in that in that in that in that game who are magical girls. <laughs> Everyone's homework is to go play League of Legends after this episode. Don't play League of Legends. Don't do that to yourself. Don't play League of Legends unless you hate yourself. Um, I mean, I, I've lost many friends. Megan. I've lost many friends to League of Legends. May they rest in peace. I'm still here. I, I, I'm, sometimes I can hear <laughs> Megan's voice from the distance. Shut the fuck up, brother bear. Um, <laughs> but Anyways. just like there were times where she was just a little too flat. That she was just like even when even when she has her moment in episode three where she's like kind of crying, I felt like it was it wasn't like punched up enough. Like where she's like, "This is the happiest I've ever felt," and I'm like, "I don't feel that." 
I think that she she got the the sweeter, quieter aspects of mommy down, but I don't think she got like the punched up parts of it. And then Lauren Landa, I think, is the third strongest performance in the dub. So, but the only thing I have an issue with is that from what the show eventually makes you understand about Kyoko is that she is like an escape from Catholicism character where her whole backstory is her dad they overtly say he's Catholic so like don't even don't even I mean stained glass um, windows and the the build of the church he's overtly Catholic um every he he went against what the church was teaching to make his own teachings they all left she she made she became a magical girl so that they wouldn't starve anymore and he would have all these people he finds out he brands her a witch uh, kills her kills her sister and her mom and then kills himself so but from what I understand like she she has a more formal way of speaking I think in the Japanese at some points but she also does have a little bit of it like a, a twinge in her voice where she kind of like speaks like you know and like that type of way. I think that Lauren's thing isn't that she can't balance it and that she is a little flat sometimes. It's that she sometimes sounds like she's a snotty rich girl. Hmm. Are you talking about, and, like, can you that, point to a specific line? That's, that's what I had, I had messaged you. I think I had messaged you when I was watching it. And I was yeah. like, it, do you think that she doesn't fit the character because she sounds like a snotty Ojo-sama? And he was like, no, I didn't get that. And that's specifically, like, um, when she's first looking at... Uh, Sayaka, when Sayaka becomes a magic girl, she's like, "Oh, so this is the new rookie in town." Oh, you mean where she uh, she 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 uses her magic to like steal the binoculars and turns them to like magical yeah, girl binoculars. Like, yeah, like she steals. My favorite thing is that she steals food as a magical girl. I can get behind that, and um, I think that these are serviceable performances. I do, and that's the weirdest thing to say because I I adore both of these voice actresses. I literally gave Lauren Landa my best actress in a W, like, in a drama last year. So, like, I don't think badly of these two at all. Like, I just think that the these two performances could have been better. And also, frankly speaking, uh, Lauren Landa can do, like, creepy, dramatic, like, younger girl voices. All A lot of us here have seen Noragami's dub, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. One day. Yeah? Yeah, I've seen Where it. Where she's Nora. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So right. Hardy knows that she can do like creepy little girl because she does Nora, and Nora's her Nora performance is phenomenal. So I I couldn't help but laugh um, when you said she sounded kind of like a snooty Ojo Sama because she literally plays plays Karen Konzaki in Street Fighter, oh. and she could do the oh, Ojo Sama no, laugh. No, <laughs> you know who you know who else she plays is a snooty Ojo Sama. Because I don't know if Hardy Hardy have you at least seen Unlimited Blade Works. Uh, no. Okay, if you've never seen Unlimited Blade Works, there, at the very end, there's, like, a flash forward to the future where, um, Bryce and Mila go to, uh, England. And at one point, uh, Mila Lee wrestles this, like, blonde Scandinavian woman. <laughs> that is, uh, that is Lauren Landis' character. Nice. She's also a huge character in uh she's also a huge character in Case Files. So Anaplex, please, please dub Case Files. I need Patrick Seitz and Lauren Lando as on a mystery adventure because Dog the Bounty Hunter comes back in that show. <laughs> <laughs> the big bad dog. Noah, Noah, just Google the character Kairi Shishigo after this, and you will understand what I mean. <laughs> I will. I promise, I will do that. 
Um, Amon, um, what's your thoughts? Uh, hmm, that's not very good sign. I have a lot to add. Like, I think I think Mom uh, Carrie's very good at capturing Mommy's sweet side, and maybe not um, more frantic parts of her personality. Like, I, I, I do. I think Laura does give like a pretty, on average, good performance, not without flaws. But I think I think she benefits that, like, as a character, Kyoko kind of gets to have the most fun vocally. Uh, and I think I think you see that. Other than if I think both of these are. Uh, for context, I, having not seen it, decided to watch the third Madoka movie just out of curiosity, even though it's supposed to be a mess. No! Um, no! But it's ter what's terrible is that I actually think the dub performances are probably a little stronger in that movie. Like, everyone, everyone sounds That's a little better, which is unfortunate. I mean, yeah, they've gone through a whole series and the recap movies at that point, so they've got a chance to improve on their performances. It's, it's sad. So instead, in, lieu, in lieu of talking more about them, I'm going to refer... I'm gonna relate my favorite terrible thing about mommy, um, which is uh, when they were when they were do show when the uh, recap movies were coming out in Japan. Uh, you know, for some of the premieres, they had like special tickets printed up with like oh, characters on I them. Remember, I saw those. One of them has mommy on it. As you might know, uh, tickets usually have a stub portion you're supposed to tear off. No. You can guess what the tear line is no. on the one with mommy on Her it. Head. Yep. Her neck. Right across the neck. There, there was an entire. If, if you're brand new to the show. Welcome to the fandom. Mommy's entire reputation in the franchise is that her head gets chopped off by a witch. Just yeah, the big, bitten the off. Big, the, big, the, big, the big twist of this show is at the end of episode three, one of the lead characters gets violently murdered out of nowhere. And, and then that's where everything goes... And then, and then he, that's right, she gets eaten afterwards. I, I love the way that's animated, too, because like, like she gets strung <laughs> up in the air, and it, her head gets bitten off. So you see the headless body falling to the ground, and it's like, this is as close as we can get to gore in a TV broadcast. I'm trying to see if they sell, like, a hat of that Charlotte plush. They must, don't they? It's so adorable. I, I want one. But I, I, I think I think Carrie and Lauren, uh, while not giving perfect performances, like I, I generally like I generally enjoy them. They're they're not perfect. Their their performances make me wonder if maybe this was dubbed on like a weird time limit because I feel like these are actors who even even at the time were capable of stronger with a director who's capable of stronger and like I'm never gonna find an answer to this question. I just like to I like to imagine about it. What could have gone wrong? Why is that? Why why is the why isn't this stronger? I I wish I could give you an answer. Yeah, I know. Me too. I mean, there's probably some interviews out there somewhere, like in in the deep realms of dark internet, that has that answer. But we'll we'll try to find she, that later. If you find Alex von David at a con and buy him a beer, he'll let you know what's up. I'll do just that, and it'll be White Claw. Why is the Sayaka plushie fifty bucks? No. <laughs> because they know you'll pay it. I just want a giant Sayaka Nesobiri. <laughs> So on the um, to wrap up these two characters, um, yeah, mommy. The problem with mommy is that, as with all the characters in the show, they need to balance two halves of the show's personality. She has to have the sweet, confident, um, magical girl archetype, which you know, magical girl shows before this, um, and, and still some nowadays are supposed to be um, feel good, um, believe in your emotions, and believe in the power of the cards, kind of. Uh, entertainment and with that you have to have um a peppy upbeat voice for the magical girls like trying to have mommy uh, have carrie karen perform that 
obviously her older voice was supposed to emulate the fact that she's a more mature version of the magical girl archetype because she's been doing it for longer and she captures that portion of it she's got very full vowels when she speaks she's got like this very prim proper voice to her but like you were saying megan she doesn't quite capture the the horror and the the fear that also comes with that because she, she's fighting alone for a good year it sounds like and we, we don't really get that through the performance. We kind of have to infer that through how she got her powers, which she got her magical girl powers because she was on the verge of death from a car accident. And Kyobe said, hey, I'll keep you alive. Want to be a magical girl? And she's like, well, don't really have a choice here. So that's how she got that. So she didn't even get the chance to wish for anything awesome. Like she didn't get a cool sports car out of this or anything. But for the parts that Carrie had that were more uplifting, I guess she did well. It was just the, the fear parts of it that were kind of missing. Lauren is an interesting case because I do like her performance. Um, she seems to understand the two halves of her character from the beginning pretty well because at the beginning, Kyoko was presented as um, like cool and confident and kind of a bitch to begin with because she comes in guns blazing as an antagonistic character, but Lauren doesn't start out playing her antagonistically. She starts out playing her very, um, kind of not manic, not as manic as the Japanese did. And another thing that's missing is that the Japanese seiyu said that she portrayed Kyoko with an older speaking style. Like she was supposed to emulate, um, the way that older people would speak in Japan to kind of reflect her religious upbringing. And I don't know if uh, the American staff was aware of that fact, but Lauren doesn't give her that. But t she compensates for that by having a very confident portrayal of her. And you can tell that Kyoko is, a super, is super powered because she can carry an entire conversation while playing DDR. If you've ever played DDR on hard mode, you know that is impossible to do. DDR that plays like an electro remix of the opening, by the way. Which is amazing. <laughs> I've, I, I, I've died. I've nearly died trying to play DDR on just random mode before. Uh, normal mode. I can't hold a conversation while doing that. Um, and also, for um, I, I am a little concerned that Kyoko may be hypoglycemic because she's always eating. But, I mean, that's just kind of... I think it's just supposed to be like an interesting little quirk that they gave her to reflect her food chain view of the world, which she goes into great lengths to describe. And Lauren uh, speaks that... Uh, that dialogue, that exposition about how important it is that we eat the witches believably enough. She sounds like she believes what she's saying. So for these two, there's good direction in there somewhere. Some of it just doesn't quite get both halves of the world that they ex inhibit. Also, by the way, I don't think it's that she does it because the whole like food chain thing. She eats all the time because she was literally starving at one point and couldn't afford to eat at all. Because one of the things is that, like, one of the really big moments for that kind of establishes, I think, the type of character that Kyoko really is, is that she offers Sakura, uh, Sayaka an apple, and Sayaka rejects it, and she yells at her for, for throwing out food. And when you learn that she's been homeless and hungry before, throwing out food's kind of a big no-no. Uh, yeah, I, I get that. Um... We don't quite understand why that is for a couple of episodes. Like, what was I going with this? Um, uh, so, you were sub, you were segue, segue, yeah. I was segueing. All right, let me get on my segue. So, moving on to uh, two more magical girls because, oh, yes, this is not a show with just a couple. There's a show with a whole bunch of magical girls. Let's talk about Megan's favorite character, Sayaka Miki. 
Sayaka is the... Sayaka Miki got jobbed. She was... Uh, well, <laughs> we'll talk about jobs in quite a bit when we get to the next segment. Um, Sayaka is the is coded blue. She's got a musical theme to her fighting style. She uses swords. And the reason that her uh, fighting style uses music is because her wish to become a magical girl was to heal Kyos Kyosuke, the violin player's arm, because she likes him. Um, you know, it's a very noble thing to do. Um doesn't quite get it doesn't quite get her the boy at the end of the show but um she's admirable and she's very fight for justice style which i'm sure will not come back to um have negative repercussions later at all um speaking of not having negative repercussions we're also going to talk about hamara kemi who is arguably the actual star of the show even though her name's not on the title because she is the entire reason why the show is as screwed up as it is because she is a time-traveling magical girl. This is like her fifth time. When we start the show in episode one, we're on like the fifth time loop that she's tried to do this whole thing and prevent everything bad from happening from happening. As you can probably guess from the fact she's done it five times, she's not really good at it, but we'll get more into that. The characters are portrayed by actresses. For Sayaka, we have Sarah Ann Williams. You've heard her before. Uh, recently, if you've been watching Kakagurui, she played Madari. Uh, if you've watched the new Viz dub of Sailor Moon, she played Sailor Star Healer. And if you've watched Sword Art Online, she is Lizbeth. Now as for... Huh, the best part of Sword Art's dub, Lizbeth. I can't agree, I can't agree or disagree because I've only watched that show in sub. I haven't watched it in dub yet because I don't have Toonami. Where was I going? Hamura, um, all the time versions of her are portrayed by the actual time traveler, Christina V. I don't know if she's a time traveler. Um, she has been around for a while. She's in Bungo Stray Dogs as Lucy. She's Miki in Devilman Crybaby. And she is, to bring it back to another Magical Girl show, she is Sailor Mars from Sailor Moon. Um, how, how do I go about this? Megan, um, I know that Sayaka, you were going through this whole rewatch process telling us about how much you like Sayaka. You want to tell us why Sayaka's that- Sayaka's the best fucking character. Like, this should have been Puella Magi Sayaka Magica. Sayaka should have been the lead. Megan, don't give them ideas for more spinoffs. We've got enough as it no, is. No, you shut your mouth. You give Sayaka her spinoff where she gets with Kiyosuke and rides into the sunset, walking Megan, over to Tomi's corpse. <laughs> Megan, my store can only order and then liquidate after no one buys it so many Madoka spinoffs. Please stop. Whoever said it was going to be in manga format, I want it animated. <laughs> I want it animated because, let's face it, Sarah Williams carried this dub on her back. She is by far the best actress in this in this dub. She never feels flat. She feels like a 14-year-old tomboyish girl. Like, she nails Sayaka to the point. And she nails Sayaka going bananas. Like, one of my one of my favorite little moments with Sayaka is when uh, she's with Kyosuke listening to music and she's just trying to cheer him up and she goes oh yeah that's Debussy and she does this whole speech like this whole little thing trying to keep his mind off it so she's like yeah you know people look at a girl like me and they're like wow that girl knows classical music and she's very calm and very natural and when she she cries and gets upset she's just fan she's so emotive as Sayaka that none of the other characters seem to get and when she finally turns into like my other favorite witch design in the entire show which is octavia 
That is an interesting. Like, I fucking love Octavia. Like, I love that because she's literally the little fucking mermaid. She's the actual little mermaid myth where she sold her soul and her power to heal, to get with the boy. But the boy goes with the other girl. So she dies. I I'm kind of surprised that Disney didn't decide to put that in their version. I can't imagine why. Maybe, maybe they'll put that in the live action remake. No Will Smith genie. But at Will Smith as Cube. <laughs> a friend like me. You joke, but there is actually an AMV out there set to Robin Williams, a friend like me to Madoka. No. I I've said no so yes. many times. I, I will hunt that down too. I'm writing a list. Fine. I'm writing a list down of all the things I need to look up when we're done. I will try to I will try to find where it is and clip it out for you, just for you. Um No, she is phenomenal as as Sayaka, like I, I, she was the one actress in the dub. I never had an issue with her performance. It never felt flat. It never felt out of place. I think her descent into madness was fantastic. Where she's like, where she's like, I'm so stupid. I was so stupid. It felt so genuine and so raw. And then there's Homura. Oh boy. Be nice. She went through a lot. By far. Far. I, I think Homer is also a selfish bitch character. I think Homer is an awful person. And I think Christina V is probably one of the worst parts of this dub. Which is a shock. Because, like, I like most things Christina V does. Like, I adored her in Devilman Crybaby last year. I, um... I adore her as Lucy in Boongo. This just felt... This was bad. This was a complete failure on the director's part to direct this character. There are her like I I literally said it in the in the director part. Madoka Kaname, whatever you do, don't go near that thing. Her line reads are flat as fuck at points. Like they're so flat. They're so flat. The flat earthers are coming for it. Oh, stop! That is vicious. She's gonna have to go back another time to resurrect from that burn. Jesus Christ. I mean, like, it, it it gets a little bit better towards the end, but she did not, it, she just, it wasn't good. It wasn't what I expected. It's, it, it was a genuine, like, reminder of why I, when I first tried to watch this dub, I didn't like it. Also, the way that she pronounces names in this dub is very, like, she is an, it feels like she is enunciating every syllable in the name. Like, home, uh, Madoka Kaname. Like, that's how she says the names. I think you can all agree with me. Yeah, yeah. She, like, she like, says, you should give up on Sayaka like, Miki. Like, yeah, very overly yeah, emphasized. You give up on, like, yeah, it does. It's, it's not like you should give up on Sayaka Miki. Like, there is something that I think a disconnect between what was written what needed to be directed and how the character act just it was a complete failure and i do think this is another thing that is on the director alex von david knows better like i get it up until like episode like 10 homer doesn't really have emotions but you know what you also helped kind of to direct alex von david with a character who is very similar to that harhi suzumiya Oh, you're talking about uh um, you Nagato? Yuki Nagato. Yeah, like 
you've directed a character that is supposed to be quote-unquote emotionless or distant or cut off. Alex Von David at that point in time knew better. Like, it's also a surprise to me that they didn't just get, um... Michelle Ruff? To come do Homura. Like, I think that would have been a, a really good casting, actually. Like, again, I, I think that Christina V is a great actress. I really do. Like, I genuinely like a lot of things that Christina V is in, whether it be anime or, like, video games. Like, I'm sure if I play River City Girls, I'm gonna love Christina V in it. Um, I'm trying to look at other things on my shelf that she's in that I own. Um, like, I'm trying to think of other- like, I don't watch Sailor Moon, guys. Like, I have Katsugeki Token Rombu. She's probably really good in that as a boy character. So, I, I want to take the floor on this one, then. Um, because the problem with, with Christina V portraying Homero is that in the first ten episodes, she has to portray someone who is basically dead to the world. Because she, she fully admits that- Yeah. And I get that, and you can do and you can do that a lot better. You can, but it's okay. If you listen to the Japanese, um, there's an archetype that the actress was going for. That it's not monotone. It's it's not it's not even deadpan. It's um it's kind of otherworldly. And I don't quite I don't know what the word for it is. Like every like all Japanese voice acting has archetypal names for them. And I don't know what the word is for uh, what the Japanese say I was doing for Hamra. But we don't really have an equivalent to it in English. We have. We have stoic Daria type of acting, where you know, but you're supposed to be like more deadpan, and that's supposed to be more comedy. We don't really have one like this, which is ominous in acting that I can think of. Maybe there is out there. If you guys know in the comments, go ahead and post it and prove me wrong. But for what they're given, I don't know how else I would have directed it. Like I'm not disagreeing with you that I do think Christina V's performance of it. Uh, kind of took some of the emotional impact away just because of how flat it was, but I don't know how else to have portrayed that kind of character. I mean, even looking at something like Yuki Nagato is, it's, it's, I, I wasn't even a big fan of that because of how different it was from the Japanese. I like that better than I liked this. I think that was still better than what was given here. Maybe it was just the fact that in, in Haruhi, it's, it's not as serious of a show. It's a very, you know, it's, it's more of a comedy than anything else. Whereas in this show, it gets... I mean, like, I mean, like even if we were going to go along the same, the same type of performance in another drama, I think Brina Palencia's take on Ray from the Rebuild films was still more an apt performance for that quiet, dead-to-the-world type of archetype than this was. Uh, on on Homura, on Hamaro. I'm. What do you think about Hamtaro. Christina? What do you think about Hamtaro? Hamtaro? Yeah. Yes, we're we're changing. Yeah. Forget the the Madoka cast. We're not. This is now a Hamtaro episode. Yes, Ham Hams. Um, it gets better near the end when um, when Homura does start getting more emotional, but then you run into a completely different problem in that. Her her crying and her her screaming and her and her emotional moments also kind of sound off. Like we've heard Christina V get emotional in other shows and sound much more natural and uh, and 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 human than they do here. I can only attribute it because Christina V had been in a few things, a few other dubs before she did this. She was still kind of new. But 
but she had had experience. And, and most of the shows she had been in, some of them weren't so great. Um, I think Familiar of Zero comes to mind. Oh, God, that show. Right. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me that show existed. Available from Sentai Filmworks, everyone. Uh, but no, it's just... I think I agree with you guys. It's just we've heard better work from her before. And I just... I think this was just like a, a fluke. Honestly. Yeah. Now, Sayaka, on the other hand, is by far the best performance in the show. And... Sarah is, I agree, again, Sarah is probably the only actress I did not have a single problem with. I think she played the, uh, the, got the happy tones down, she got the sad tones down, she got the crazy voice going, and I just think in a subpar dub that she was the highlight by far. So, Amon, um, I, I, I know you like everything, so, um, you, you liked everything about the Bolty performances, right? I'm not sure you're where you're going with this. <laughs> I'm trying to alleviate the, the mood. Uh, I, I, I think so. I agree. Like, I think Sarah is very strong. I think she is the... She is probably the highlight of the whole dub. I think she's... Like, I, I think she, she most totally, like, gets her character. I think she uh, really... Um, I, I, like, I think... She, I think as we were complaining, like, a lot of times we'll have actors who are good at, like, a part of the character, and then when they need to, like, shift into a different mode, often, like, that's where it ends up faltering. And I think Sarah is probably the one who is most able to capture all the parts of um, Sayaka's character. Um, if I have a complaint, it's that I have a friend named Sayaka, and they do not pronounce her name the way it's pronounced in this show, and I don't know if they're wrong or I'm wrong. Which is weird for me. How, how do they pronounce uh, it? Uh, they, they, they pronounce, like, the, the ya a lot more strongly. It's like Sayaka. It means, well, my friend's just Sayaka. I don't know if that's... I don't know if that's... We're dumb Americans and she's just not going to give us grief about it or what. Uh, so that was strange. Uh, tangent. Um, I think Sarah's very good. Um, I think I, I can understand where they're going for with Christina, and this is another one of these things where, like... I'm curious to know about, like, kind of the nuts and bolts of the dubbing process that we're probably never going to know about. Again. Because, uh, like, I... Take him out for beer. She's a good, yeah, exactly. It's just, like, she's a good actor. I, I can see what they're going for, and I'm not sure if some of the okayness of it is, like, a function of, you know, you know, questionable direction, I don't know, weird something or other. And, and like, she, she... It is unfortunate because, like, I think Hover is an interesting character for kind of, like, the in terms of kind of like how the story plays out and how everything's working together. And it's a shame that she doesn't get a stronger overall performance. Um, even if I still laugh when she breaks into the Yakuza club and starts stealing guns. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that part is kind of like little timid, little timid Homura, like, <sighs> it's like, look, look, Homura, Homura on a certain level is kind of a terrible person, but if you don't think I'm going to like the magical girl who just straight up starts stealing Glocks and Elon bombs in her fights, like, like I'm, I'm the guy, I'm the guy who bought a, who paid twelve dollars just to read something called Chainsaw Man every week. Like, I'm a, I'm a stupid, simple man. Here's what I know I, what I like. Excuse me, Chainsaw Man is a pure, is a pure and simple manga about one man and his power. You just, you just one know. man and his, what his his lifelong quest to touch a titty. We, we see all of the magical girls have different weapons and everything. You just know there's a magical girl out there who's wielding a chainsaw. It re look, that's the one I... You, you I mean, in, I mean I'll read in, it. 
I mean, in in the phone game, like I think some of the weapons are like frying pan, shield, uh, like <laughs> circle circle blade thingy, uh, multiple spears, bottle Molotov, Molotov is one. <laughs> By the way, I would like to point out that yes, there is a Bakemonogatari crossover in the mobile game. Here's what I want to know. I can explain how she could steal all the guns and stuff like that. Uh-huh. How on earth did she get a hold of a missile silo? <laughs> look, how, look, when you, when how you does can, that happen? When you Hammer space One trip to Okinawa later. No luck. When you can when One you can, trip to Okinawa later. Exactly. Here's the thing. Once we'll you know be how right to, back. Once you know how to break into the missile place the first time, every other one's a cakewalk. <laughs> I'm more concerned. I mean, and what? Okay, my thing is this: what person in 2011 could have easily Googled in Japan how to make a bomb, bomb. and then been a middle schooler, be good at it? I don't look, dude. I'm watching. I'm watching Doctor Stone. They have a note. It's like this is actually how to make gunpowder. Please don't do this at home. Like <laughs> unless I, I'm assuming if, if you read Fight Club, Doctor Stone, the, the, the recipe for napalm right there. <laughs> like this shit's everywhere, man. That's a good point. Maybe she was just a big Dr. fan Stone, of, of everything David in Paul, this David Fincher movies. <laughs> just Doctor Stone. Whatever you do, kids, don't try this at home. That's right, because your average Japanese high schooler is going to go out and suplex a lion. (laughs) As you can tell. Also, damn you, Ian Sinclair, for that one tweet. It's like, hey guys, welcome to Tanami. Just remember, Mikasa Tsukasa picture. And I was like, I hate you so much. I, no, I do not hate Ian Sinclair. I love him. He's a good dude. Get, Get in line. Gigi's already at the front of that line. Anyway, so as you can tell, um, ha- ha- I think we all like Hamura um, for Homura. Homer. Homura, not Homura. I don't know why I said that. I- as you can tell, Hamuro. As you can tell, we like a Kem- We like Miss Akemi. Actually, that's another thing I want to mention. Me and my mom were talking about this. There- there's this quirk in English adaptations of Japanese anime where uh, they don't keep the honorifics, so they'll often substitute them for Miss or Misses. So you have middle school characters shouting out. Miss Kaname throughout all of their fights because she has to because it's a huge revelation near the end of their time loop where she actually uses Madoka's real first name but it sounds so awkward and I don't know how to fix that because they have to keep that plot point but we don't have that equivalent in English voice acting it just- that's actually a thing I think in like it's actually there's actually a really good part in our, our good buddy uh, Cartoon Ciphers like, their channel where they did, like, a whole video on, like, censorship and dubs. Mm-hmm. Where, like, Marissa Lenti actually talks about that for Bloomin' to you. Yep. But it's also really weird. I think Mike Tool pointed this out. That everybody in Madoka Magico literally has two first names for their full names. <laughs> that's funny. He's like, that's really weird. I mean, it's, it's a weird show. It's it's really hard. We The thing we've taken away, taken away from this is that translating archetypes and stereotypes from one culture to another, some things are just going to get lost in the process. That apparently means that the direction is not going to be the best as well. Speaking of which, let's get to the final two characters where we're going to throw all of our daggers. Did I you am- say your thoughts on Sayaka, Noah? Did I? I don't think I did. No, you didn't. You guys all kind of just, you did not say anything about her. 
Well, I, well, you guys already said the things, most of the things I was going to say. I, uh, for Sayaka, the thing I do want to point out is that um, there's this little part in episode three where Mommy, you know, kicks the bucket, and Sayaka is basically saying to give back her, uh, yeah, to give back the, the grief seed to Homura, and the way that she says the line, give it back, I can't, I can't emulate it myself because I'm not a great actor, is, the way, is where I got to really... Uh, believe that she was good at balancing the moified voice persona with the emotional turmoil that we knew she was going to get into later on. So yes, Sarah Williams, e easily the best balanced of the moe horror that is this show. It, it is chef's kiss, is what I think I said on Twitter. So, moving on to the final two characters that really turn this show around and have all of the merchandise. Uh, we're going to talk about one magical girl and one Lovecraftian son of a bitch. We're going to talk about Madoka Kaname, who is the pink, bows and arrows slinging star of the show, though we don't quite know why until near the end of the show, when it turns out that the entire reason that Homura has been going back in time is because she wants to save Madoka, because she apparently bonded with her pretty heavily the first time she met her, and because she keeps going back in time over and over again, the various timelines keep merging onto Madoka and make, give her all the magical powers of multiple Madokas put together, thus giving her the power to become God. But how do we get that power? We get that power by this asshole. Kyubei is the fluffy mascot character who is not actually what he seems to be. He is actually an alien whose entire purpose of being here on Earth is to turn the emotions of females, of uh, specifically humans, girls, in their second Teen cycle development, human teenage girls. as he puts it, uh, it, because apparently the energy that they give out from their emotions is more than it takes to create those emotions and therefore will overcome entropy and thus prevent the universe from dying a cold death. It is very interesting and honestly I would love to go back to physics class, but only so I can I love thermodynamics! Only so I can figure out how to burn this creature in a fire of death! So let's talk about the voices for these ones. So it, it wouldn't work anyway, Noah. You just you just make him extra crispy. <laughs> he'd probably like that. He tastes he like just, uh, he tastes like he tastes like KFC. Yeah, he Cube Cordon Bleu, but in that case, it'd be Cube Flambe. Kentucky Fried Cube. Nom 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 nom. <laughs> wait 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 wait. Can, can I can I reference? The I I I just like I, I'm I'm more of a Cube King type of girl. <laughs> Raisin Cubes in Hardy's case. As long as we all agree that Cube Bell is the absolute worst. <laughs> See, I like I like how I like how we've we've decided he tastes like chicken because whenever I look at Cuba, I'm always like, "You taste like unflavored tofu, don't you? You asshole! You don't even taste good." <laughs> he doesn't even have a flavor. He tastes like the de the cold death of the universe. Anyways, so portraying these characters, Madoka is played by Christine Marie Cabanos, who you have definitely heard before. If you're a Love Life fan, she plays Yukio. If you've seen Blue Exorcist, she plays Sh is it Shimi? Shiemi. Shiemi. And if you've seen a little unknown show, I, I, I don't think anyone's seen this before, it's called Kill a Kill. You should probably check it out. She plays a character called Mako. P probably not very important. But My God show! Reverse Cowgirl! <laughs> See, you laugh, Noah, but I haven't seen Kill a Kill. Damn, Gummy! 
Oh, we, we will, we will. Damn, Gamaguri, I want to sex you up. Aman, I cannot prepare you for the- I, I've seen the entirety of Kill Kill's dub, but I will still quote the bloopers like any day. I cannot prepare you for the horror that is Mako, Aman. You just have to experience it for yourself. But, anyways. Uh, Mako Monkanchoke is a fucking treasure. Don't you slander her. I, I, it depends on what side of the crazy spectrum you, you swing towards. But, anyways. Mako Monkanchoke is a treasure. Don't you fucking slander her. I won't. I, I wouldn't slander her. I'm just I'm saying prepare yourself. Speaking of prepare, be prepared. Kyobe is played by Cassandra Lee, of all people. And Cassandra Lee has also been in Love Live. I'm just I'm picking all the cutesy characters I can find here. Uh, she's Subasa in Love Live. She is Ritsu in Kaon, and she's everyone's favorite adorable little Sundere Taiga from Toradora. So, putting aside um, everyone else in the cast, I want to go first on this group here because Cassandra Lee uh, is interest is an interesting portrayal of the character. So, in the Japanese, Kyobe is uh, is also played by a female voice actress. Um, but he's he's identified as a guy, so it's supposed to be an androgynous voice, which um, Cassandra kind of does. Um, it's I suppose the best way to try it. It's very childlike, is the way that Cassandra portrays it. He spouts about how much he wants the characters to become magical girls, or how he can make their dreams come true, and then when things start to go wrong, starts to really emphasize how much he doesn't understand human emotions, and. Cassandra is still chipper about it, and that's what's scary about it, because when you have a character who is talking about things like how you slaughter your livestock, or all the magical girls that died before you advancing the world, and how you would probably still be living in caves if it wasn't for magical girls, while using her cutesy voice is really, really disturbing, and that's exactly what this character needed. Um, I'm not even bothered by the fact that it's... Uh, like, it's more on the feminine side. It's exactly what this character needed, and I am, I'm all for that. It just makes me hate the character even more. I'll let you guys tell me how much you hate the character, too, after I talk about Christine Marie Cabanos a little bit here. So, this is the one that I didn't really like for most of it, because Madoka... Uh, how do I describe this here? She's she's just kind of difficult to get down. She's got the cutest design, and she's the most innocent of all the characters. So she's given the highest voice that sounds like Christine was kind of going a little falsetto with her voice to make it even higher than it actually is. But um, she eases more into it as Madoka develops a little more confidence. And in her crying scenes, like she's freaked out, she's nervous, she's scared. That part I get down. It's in some of the more I have to be um, confident building or I have to be um, you know the savior of the world voice that I don't quite like. Um, so it, it's kind of a love-hate relationship. And again, I don't know how you would portray that archetype that the Japanese character voice actors had, but I just know that this was probably the one that was kind of damned if they do, damned if they don't. Um, Aman, uh, jump in here and help me bring this home. Sure. Um, so for Madoka, so when, when I, I remember when this dub first came out, I watched it on the stream of somebody who was affiliated on the bucket. It might've been, you Noah. I'm honestly not sure at this point. Um, it, it, it was probably me. Okay. Probably you then. Cause I remember I, wa I watched somebody did like the first like few episodes and that was the first time I saw the dub. Probably. That's, that's um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, right, I, your stream then. 
Yeah, it was for Ladies Month, I believe. Ah, uh, that makes it sense. It was every November, yeah. All right, so um, I remember I remember watching this dub at the time, and I, I have a lot of strong impressions that stay with me. But one of the ones that stay with me was that I did think Madoka, as I mentioned earlier, I think that they sometimes try to go for sort of the cutesy, high-pitched Moe voice, and Madoka felt the most, like she got hit the most with that. Yeah. And I didn't think very much of this. And in the present day, watching this now, seeing the whole thing, that felt stronger just because... I have since seen something that Christine Marie Cavanos is actually in, namely Dragon Pilot, uh, where I'm not sure what uh, her natural speaking voice is. Um, <laughs> but compare, well, I, I'm assuming it's probably something close to what she uses in Dragon Pilot. And constantly I'm watching this, it's like, oh, it's Cavanos, but she's pitching her voice up. And I can tell she's pitching her voice up. Yeah. And that kind of felt like the problem is that, like, I. It, I, I am of the opinion that, like, trying to do the, like, really high-pitched Moe voice in English usually doesn't work. You're usually better off, like, just avoid that entirely. Uh, it doesn't translate very well. And I even, like, at this point, I think, like, if um, Christine had just used, like, her normal speaking voice in this role, I think it probably would have been... Especially because, like, she isn't... She's not exactly a... She's not exactly a bass here. Like, she's got a fairly high-pitched <laughs> voice by herself. What is... I feel like she probably... Yeah, I feel like she kind of probably could have used her natural speaking voice... And had a better, more control of her acting, like you know, maybe some better direction, whatever. Probably would have turned into a stronger performance. I think, like, she's acceptable, but I think, especially given like the importance of her character, like um, there could have been a stronger performance in here. It's not awful, um, but it ends up being one of those things where, like, I end up thinking about the process of how the acting was done and not the performance. I promise you, if I get time manipulative abilities, I will go back in time and <laughs> I will sneak into the Bang Zoom recording studios and take explicit notes just so I can pull them out for this episode and say, oh, I've got uh, right here, Amon. So it turns out they had uh, three hours to record the whole dub um, and uh, $2 to do it. So that, that's why we got what we got. You see, you joke, but that would explain so much. <laughs> um, I think they had more than $2. <laughs> $2 and a Twizzler. They, they had tree fitty. Pretty. They got that goddamn Loch Ness Damn, monster. Damn, that Loch Ness monster. <laughs> <laughs> that Loch Ness monster really cracking down. <laughs> For all we know, the Loch Ness monster is just a Scottish magical girl's witch form. That would make sense. So, so you're saying that the Loch, the Loch Ness itself is just a labyrinth? Yes. <laughs> Let's be told. It's just, and if it has a gun, we all know Homebrew's been there because now it's the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, okay. We're gonna do an entire- Damn it, Homer! Why did you give the Loch Ness Monster a Glock? You had a question, Noah? I was trying. I'm, I'm laughing too much. Um, it was- So, um, you can tell that the voice was pitched up, that Christine's pitching her voice up, but mm -hmm. did, did you, um, like, were you convinced by some of the actual acting? Like, when she freaked out in episode 6 and found out, Oh, I probably shouldn't have thrown my friend off of a bridge. Like, did that- Did you buy that, or- Yeet! That's part, like, like, that, that, that's part of the problem is like because 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 I could tell she was pitching her voice up. I often tend to do focus on like, like it, it was harder to or focus on the performance because I kind of kept thinking about like, like the, her standing in a studio doing the acting, not the actual acting. Oh, that's a problem. Um, like I think I think I I, I I can tell what she was trying to go to. I do think she was giving it her best. Uh, I think if she recorded this now, it would be a lot better. I think even when she, the stuff she does in the movie I've seen dubbed, I think is a lot better. Um, like, I think here, unfortunately, I think it's 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 more towards the okay side. Like, she's not terrible, um, but it could be a lot stronger. 
Hubei, on the other hand. Oh boy. No, I, 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 I actually like. Uh, Cassandra Lee is not my favorite performance in the show. I do think Sarah Williams takes it out of the park because she just has a lot more emotional range to cover. As well, Cubey is very deliberately at one note the entire time. That's why he's creepy. Um, but I think Cassandra Cassandra Lee is very good at being creepy. I think she's really good at hitting that one note and being very like com- like like you know. I don't buy her arguments, but she always manages to hit that tone of like, well, it's just logical. If you, we weren't helping you, you'd all be fucking cave people still. Stop <laughs> whining. <laughs> Do your job. Sure, Walpurgis not's gonna come and probably at least blow up Tokyo, if not the world. But hey, we're we're happy. We got ours. The, the, the part where uh, I think um, I think I was mostly on board with the the mentality of like you know the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few until mm-hmm. we get until Madoka becomes a witch and mm-hmm. and Kyobe's like well ah well we got all the the energy we need it's your fault it's it's your problem now yeah exactly <laughs> peace um, out we got ours fuck y'all boys that, that is exactly much. what he says. No, I, I, I think I think Cassandra Lee is really good at this. I think she's really good at nailing that. Um, that's sort of like it, like she sounds like kind of like a '50s infomercial almost. Um, there's something kind of like not quite jovial, but like a little upbeat, but very informative about it. Um, it, 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 and it's, it's, and like it, she's good. Consequently, like she seems like an actual mascot during the early parts of the series, where you, where the hammer hasn't dropped yet, and you don't, and you, you know, if you haven't seen Patrol, you don't know what's coming. And she maintains that later on, as it's like you know, kind of how self-interest-driven the incubators really are, and how they, you know, they view humanity as a tool. Humanity is a way to get something they can't have. Livestock. And, yeah, basically. Incubator. That's a key thing to point out. Is that the, the reason he's called Cubay is because it's short for incubator because he's incubating all of the energy from the magical girls. So, do you think they see Earth as a McDonald's or a Five Guys? I'm thinking more of like kind of a kind of a farmers or market. It, yeah, I was gonna say something more like a Kroger. Farm- Organic farmers. Yeah, it's exactly. a Whole Foods. It's a Whole. There yeah. you go. <laughs> That's awful. If I if I have if I have anything resembling a complaint, it has nothing to do with her performance or anything. Uh, it is just that this is not the only thing I've seen Cassandra Lee in. Um, but I dumped about a hundred hours into Persona Five a couple years ago, and yes! consequently, and consequently, whenever she showed up, it, it eventually would go away. But the first thought I always had was like, "Ah, oh, it's Morgana. Hi, Morgana." Because <laughs> she 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 uses more or less the same. No, that's voice. the exact thing I thought of too. And like, and I was like, just waiting for Cubey to tell Madoka to go to bed. Pretty much, like to- totally, it's very different. Morgana has a lot more like emotional range than Cubey does, but it's the same kind of mascot voice. Uh, and it was always not bad, but always just very mildly jarring the first time. She, you know, if I if I hadn't watched an episode that day, if Cubey hadn't shown up on screen for a little bit, there'd always be that little jar of like, "Ah, oh, Morgana, you're a real shitbag in this universe." I hope you know that. Another another character who is um, identified as male, even though they sound kind of feminine androgynous. Uh, interestingly enough, um, also not a cat. Also not a, also also not a cat, despite all appearances. Speaking um, of not being a cat, Hardy. Yes. Thoughts. Hardy's a goat. Thoughts. I, I don't think he's a cat. Wait, let me check. Nope, not a cat. Okay. Uh, I have a confession to make. And I don't want this to sound mean, but... I don't think it could be any meaner than I was to Christina V. 
back when this show first got announced that it was being dubbed, I found out who was playing the lead character, and I was not happy. Because this is actually, from what I can tell, this is actually only the third dub that she had ever been in. I think she was background characters in Vampire Night before that, and I think she was the lead in Squid Girl. And I do not care for the dub for Squid Girl, at least the first season. I think they went back the and back. The Media Blasters dub for it. Yeah. Um, I just wasn't a fan of Christine at all. I, I just was not a fan of her voice. I was not a fan of her acting. Um, I thought she sounded very flighty and, uh, and sort of shrill. And, and yeah, I kind of dis- was disappointed. And this dub here is probably her at her worst because she was still so early in the game. And, and yeah, I just it took a it took it took until she came out as Mako in Kill a Kill for me to actually start liking her. Yeah, that that is like a she would be, strong impression. Right. You see, now she's in stuff uh, like Dragon Pilot and other shows, and I think she sounds fine. But um, but I just I was never a big fan, and this dub did not help with that. Changed my mind at all. And so that's really as I I don't want. If she's if she ever listens to this episode, I don't want to come across as mean, but I think it was just very weak in general. Um, Kyube, on the other hand, I actually did like this performance, and for for several of the reasons that you listed as well, because the fact that he does talk like a mascot while he goes into these long villainous monologues about how you know oh you're. You're, you don't need your body. It's You're better off this way. Or about, oh, you're just livestock. I mean, we treat our livestock well. Like, you know, I don't see what your problem is. We treat and, it better than you fuckers do. <laughs> we don't treat you like, you know, cows and chickens. We at least acknowledge your humanity. Right. And, and hearing that come from the voice of what is basically a kid's show mascot is very unsettling. And I, I think that it's actually one of the stronger performances in the dub, all things considered. Just for the overall creep factor from this little dick. I, I've mentioned Cubay's a dick, right? I don't think Cubay's so. He's the fucking worst. Have I mentioned I have I mentioned I hate Cubay today? <laughs> yeah. No, there was all sorts of Cubay merchandise coming out of Japan, and one of them was a chair. I have a Cubay hat still. Yeah, and there's a, one of them was a chair. You could actually sit on Cubay's face, and so my friend, my friend Dorcas, who uh, who actually gave me the set, he's a huge Madoka fan. I, I linked that to him. I was like, "Hey, check it out!" And Dorcas' words reply was, "Cubay's a dick. I'm not sitting on a dick." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want to put that in the highlight reel now. <laughs> People, you can't really call Cubay evil because what he's yes, doing. Yes, you can. Well, he's doing it for the to prevent the heat death of the universe. But you can tell 
he's supposed to be emotionless, but you could tell the little bastard gets off on this sort of thing. Like, there's this picture, I'll link it to you, of Monica sitting on the toilet. <laughs> and holding the old, the last roll of toilet paper over her head and says, you want to make a contract? It's... I mean, that telling that, yeah, that there are parts where he, he intentionally deceives the characters because he knows it will it will result in what it is he's trying to do. He's trying to get oh, oh, yeah. Madoka to he's, become he's a... a of girl, a he's girl. a manipulator. He's a manipulative little prick, and and just yeah, I can't, ugh, I can't stare the little bastard. But we'll get up here. We'll do. Here's I what we'll do. All right, in the in the dub talk headquarters, we will get a punching bag, and we will paint Cubase's face on it. So anytime you guys are stressed out, just put on some gloves and just start socking away at that thing. Or we could get one of those like uh, those little uh, dolls that have Velcro you could tear apart literally. Get one a, a, a cube plush that you could tear apart, put back together, and then tear apart again. That sounds like a fate worse than death. I'm so mad that I cannot find my favorite thing of cube that just says I love thermodynamics. Ugh, I'm so mad I can't find that image. Uh, if you find it before this episode goes up, I'll put it up on the screen. Oh, uh, I I remember I love that artist because that artist also draws like some of the most fuck funny Black Butler shit. That was also a dark show she where... She drew really funny Black Butler comics. I mean, that's an art show where a character makes a dark contract with an otherworldly being, isn't it? And yet, Sebastian still probably treats him better than Kyube does the Magical Girl. Yeah. Kyube yeah, ain't served no buddy tea. Kyube eats your tea. And your milkshake. They, they, they literally feed him his, their lunch. I drink your milkshake! I drink it up! Yeah, he does. All I know is, all I know is, I would just pay for like art of Sebastian just throwing the knives at Cube. It wouldn't get the job yeah. done. Um, uh, so let's go with Christina Cabanos first. Um, yeah, I have to agree that she's a little shrill. There are times where her crying sounds a little fake. Not my favorite performance out of her. I think she's very, very clearly evolved since since this i think she's fantastic and i adored her on dragon pilot i adore her and um i fucking love her as mako and kill a kill <laughs> she, um, she is the best part of that dub but no like i've, I've come to enjoy cassandra morris and other things that i i, I want uh cassandra Kabados and other things that i watch and i genuinely do like her as an actress i just think that madoka was not her finest hour i think that she was she was up she was her and Christina V weren't my favorite performances, and I think everybody else kind of nailed it. Um, I like Cassandra Lee Morris as, as Cube. <laughs> um, I, for some reason, I always hear that Cube has like a slightly southern accent for some stupid reason. You know, you're not the only one. No, you're not. I, I, I wrote down in my notes when I fir the first episode, I said, does she have a drawl? And I forgot to mention that. I know that. I know that. I know that in one of the bloopers, that is specifically a gag that happens, actually. Because Madoka has bloopers, and one of my actual other favorite ones is um, where Kyuubei is explaining emotions, and Christina Cabanis goes, "Wow, you've never been on an internet chat room." <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I do agree. I think that Christina, uh, Cassandra Lee is in that like firm middle for me, where like. I don't hate it, and I like a lot of certain aspects of it, but then there are other parts where I'm just like, eh. Um, I do think that she has a little bit, a little bit too, she's a little too emotional at times in certain performances. Like, well, if you ever wanted to uh, prevent the heat death of the universe, call me and leaves. Um, overall, I think you guys nailed a lot of my things. I do want to say one thing, though, 
And that is, um, if I'm the only one who caught this when Madoka becomes God and she, like, goes across space and time to prevent all of the other, like, magical girls from ever suffering. Because Kubei does imply, like, things like Cleopatra, Princess Himiko, Joan of, Joan of Arc. Arc. Yeah, they're every... <laughs> We're all magical girls. And I would like to point out that I think the show implies that one of the magical girls was Anne Frank. Really? Oh, boy. Yes! Oh, dear. Like, what did she wish for? Sh <laughs> I don't know. What? Um, she... I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to speculate I that. I want to do... But, oh, no, we're not doing this. Because, okay, because if you pay attention, because one of the girls that's sitting with a soldier in her hand in the war is a girl who's clearly Muslim. And then, like, the next shot is a girl with kind of, like, brown, curly-ish hair sitting inside of a boxcar. Like, it is very clearly a girl going to a concentration camp. I was just like, oh, that's a thing that's happening. Gen? Gen? Akayuki? Mr. Shanbo? Mr. Urobuchi? Can we calm the fuck down, guys? Look, there was no crucifixion imagery in this at all. I think that was restrict. Oh, wait a minute. And I... I'm gonna put up two images here. That's both Madoka and Homura in crucifixion. And Homura! In crucifixion form. That, like, that man's got issues. Shit balls. Oh, holy shit. Um, hey! I would like to point out that, like, the next thing, like, I think Urobuchi would actually do, I think, is actually Fate Zero, guys. And that's right. a show that had to be censored. And that is a show that had to actually be censored when it went to broadcast. Because, like, apparently, like, Caster's base was so gruesomely depicted in the, in the light novels that it could not be shown on television. Um... Mr. Urobuchi, please blink twice if you're okay. <laughs> no, he's great. He's working on um he's working with puppets now. He's, now he's all better. Yeah, and he's yeah, he's he's doing Bujan puppets, so he's He's fine. doing Chinese uh, fighting Muppets. Yeah, no. Just as God intended it. Just as Madoka intended it. Chinese fighting Muppets See, I find it by the way very funny that both my boyfriend and I are obsessed with like different forms of Chinese Wuja. He's obsessed with Chinese Wuja puppets and I'm obsessed with Chinese animated Wuja gays. Um, Which I, I will watch that show. It's all on YouTube for free, including the second season. I, I'll um, get to, I'll get to. I just, I just finished a show from 1974. I'm working through my backlog. Anyway, uh, no, I think Christina Cabanos, I think, has grassly improved since then. I think Madoka was just like, it was one of the weaker performances. And then, like I said, I think Cassandra's in the middle, but I think everybody else covered what I was saying. Let's get to final thoughts now. Well, yes, yeah, let's, let's do that. I, I was very amused by by the tangents about theorizing about what what do the other magical girls wish for, but I won't do that because I, I don't want to get sued. Um, moving on to final thoughts here, Hardy. You gonna tell me your overall final thoughts on the dub that you got to watch in pristine Blu-ray resolution, you rat bastard? <laughs> Jealous much? I'll tell you what, Noah. Ho's mad. How about that? I am. Yes, I am very mad. I'll ho, ho, ho's mad. I didn't even get. Ho, ho, ho's, ho's mad. mad. Ho's mad. Ho's mad. Ho's mad. Ho's mad. Ho's 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 mad. Anyway, yeah, yes, we get it. Yuki Kadra music. Beautiful stuff. Anyways, Hardy, you were saying. It wasn't even Yuki anyway. Kadra. Because <laughs> uh, this is the only way I've ever actually watched the show is in dub. 
I haven't actually watched the subtitle version. So uh, my opinion is that it's a dub. Um, if you if you uh, want to turn off the subtitles and watch the pretty imagery and beautiful animation and crazy, um, what is it, photo collage backgrounds and stuff like that, you can always do that. Um, you can always just go back to the sub if you don't like the dub. I mean, it's it's perfectly listenable. It's just it, it, a, a show as dynamic and as hard-hitting and as um, popular as Modica really needed a fantastic dub to go along with it. And it's well, I don't want to make a direct comparison to Utena because while this dub is not so great, Utena's dub is absolute trash. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of disappointing when you have such a such a a beautiful show and it's it's got it's got such a lackluster dub to it. It's like okay, here's here here's what here's what I would say. Utada is a beautiful woman with really bad teeth. Monica is a pretty girl who just needs to brush her t- brush more often. Okay. Yeah, this is okay. It's it, it it's one of those things where like it definitely has highs and lows, but a- averaged out, it tends to be like this is fine. It has some really nice parts. It has some lackluster parts. It has some okay parts. And unfortunately, the 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 highs and lows just kind of cancel each other out. And it's a very like you want to watch it in English. This is fine. It's not going to be painful. It's not going to ruin the show for you. Um, but I'd also say, like, if you are in a position uh, to watch it in the Japanese, I think that would probably be a little more of a satisfying experience overall. Fair. Fair point. Uh, if you if you, oh, if you you can find, like, the compilation movies, which I, I saw those when they were doing the theater circuit when they came out, and, like, it is, like, they're a perfectly good substitute for watching the show itself. And based on what I've also heard, like, the dub sounds like it is stronger for that. If you track down those instead... Not that they're streaming anywhere. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but um, it, like it, I, the dub might be stronger on those, so that might be a nice alternative if you prefer to watch things in English. But for the show itself, it's like average. It's fine. Fair, fair. Um, Megan? Like I said, I when I first heard of this dub, I wasn't in love with it. I absolutely hated it. I said, fuck it, I'm going to watch the sub. Coming back to it now. I don't think this is the best dub in the world. It's absolutely not the worst dub I've ever covered for this show. Absolutely, by a long shot, this is not the worst thing I've ever covered. I'm sorry if I came off as super harsh on this. This is way better than Heretical Murders dub will ever be. Um, <laughs> wow, that's a very, very low bar to clear. That's that's my benchmark for the worst thing I've ever had to sit through for the show. Uh, and we've been doing this for almost five years, guys. I'm glad that in the history of doing this podcast that we got one of the worst dubs out of the way early on, so we, we could just, you know, go up from there. We 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 jumped over that broom really fast. Um, this is if you're if you're a dub only watcher, this dub is perfectly fine to sit through and watch. If you're somebody who goes back and forth, I would recommend the sub a little bit more. Um, like I said, I have a lot of problems with this. I I I don't. I don't think that anybody who's in this is bad. I think a lot of them are, are fantastic. Like I said, I've given a lot of these people dubbies and like genuinely very much enjoy their work. Um, and I and I enjoy the director and the scriptwriter as well. So like 
It's just, this is more of a, a one-off fluke than a absolute, like, benchmark of these people's careers. It's in the words of Saitama. Okay. I, I would have to agree with these guys, because um, there are very few shows that I think are as well-written, like, have just the best combination of direction, writing, music, visuals, all of that, as we got with Madoka. Like, the fact that we got something like this from a TV production is really amazing, because we rarely get something this high-quality and this thought-provoking. I remember when the show first came out, um, I... I you would think that the the big fan base for this would be like all the guys who would just be like oogling over the the girls for this, but no, the the bigger fan base seemed to be actually from girls who were really into the mythos of the the way that magical girls are written in this. That they get their own unique costumes, their own unique weapons, and their own unique soul gems. So that in itself is also a really interesting facet of this show. This entire franchise, cash cow as it may be now, has just a lot of really interesting facets to it. And it's unfortunate that the dub is just kind of a footnote to that because it's not a standout production. It's not it's not a Cowboy Bebop level production of dubbing. It's not anything that was really super high quality. And the, that's just really unfortunate for the level of it is. There are highlights. There are definitely highlights to this. And to bring it back to what I think Amon was saying is that it will service you if you were more of a dub person. Like, it is perfectly listenable. Nothing's lost in the translation of it. But you do not quite get the same level of quality if you're not watching in the Japanese. So, it's unfortunately, I gotta say that in this case, rarely do I do this, but I do have to recommend sub over dub in this particular instance if you have to pick between the two. But with that being said... Damn it, I forgot something that I was going to say about Kubei. He's just Randall from Monsters, Inc. <laughs> didn't, didn't you make a comparison? I think about it, he's just... You made a comparison? Yeah, I was like, the incubators are just Monsters, Inc. before Mike and Sully reformed them. So, so what you're saying... I'm is... not wrong, and I refuse to take back this take. So what you're saying is that we need... The... What I'm saying is Mike Wazowski, Mike Wazowski comes back after... Ma after Madoka throws Sayaka's uh, soul gem off the thing, put that thing back so help me. <laughs> oh boy. Just, 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 just Kume, put that thing back or so help me. <laughs> Pixar, don't sue us, please. Anyways, um, as well, I was... Also, remember kids, do not eat your friend's soul off an overpass. No, don't do that. Alright, so I think we've run out of most things to talk about as far as the dub for this goes. But, if you've listened to this so far and you thought, Hey, that show sounds interesting. I'd like to check it out for myself. You are in luck, because although you cannot purchase, or you cannot steal Hardy's limited edition Blu-ray box sets anymore, you can watch the show on... Not with that attitude. Y'all can try. I'd love to see you try. Otaku yeah. 11. We, we steal the limited edition Madoka box sets. Me and my shotgun say no. Oh, that's right. You're from Tennessee. Shoot. Right. Calm down. Calm down, Tomo. Calm down, Mommy. Anyways, so you can watch the show on... You can watch Madoka Magica in dub and sub on Hulu and Netflix. And Crunchyroll also has the show streaming and sub. If you would care to watch either of those, those are readily available. Um... 
Hulu, just to let you know, is going to be having a promotion coming up soon. With Disney Plus coming out, you can uh, purchase both a Disney Plus and Hulu account joint together for a discount price. I don't... Jen my wife Jennifer is looking at me right now because she's so excited for both of those options. So that we're definitely getting that when that comes out. All hail our mousy overlords. They will engulf us in the cold death of the universe. Anyways... If you would like to uh, support us here on Dub Talk, um, we put out new episodes every Wednesday covering all of the dubs from all Japanese productions. Some new stuff, too, coming out soon. Keep an eye out for that in the pipeline. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, at Dub Talk Podcast. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is right here. And uh, we also have a Patreon, which we, also, we shouted out at the beginning of the episode, but as just a reminder, the link is down there in the description. If you'd like to throw us a couple dollars and be eligible to pick the next episode that we cover for the Patreon raffle. Again, thank you very much, Jared, for recommending this one. This gave us a lot to talk about, so I'd like all four of us to give a round of applause to Jared. Congratulations, Jared. Congratulations. Congratulations. Sorry, wrong show. Congratulations. Thank you all. Anyways, um, just go around here. Um, plug yourselves. Spaceman Hardy, go. Yes, I am a moderator on both the Funimation forums and the Funimation Discard. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at SpaceBandHardy. I basically just post a lot of pictures and retweet art and stuff like that. And I'd also rant about Antiplex so every time they do something stupid. So, yeah. Like not dubbing Bunny Girl. Exactly. Yeah. T to be ranted about another day. I'm on Duel. You can find me on Twitter at, at @amanduelus. Duel has two U's in it. I talk about movies and comic books and music, and sometimes I'll tweet about things I read at the store I work at. It's a lot of fun. I have a song if people want one. Yes, please. Do you have a dusty old song for us to end this off? I I, I, I have one that has an arbitrary anime connection, no less. Uh, yes, I know. It's really minor, but I'm going to bring it up anyways. Uh, I was a little stumped for what to pick for this, because it's obviously a very big and important show. Uh, but then, by, by random chance, I was listening to a song by a band I like, called Bruford. Uh, Bruford was a fusion band from the 70s, led by Bill Bruford. He's the drummer from Yes. Uh, if you've seen JoJo's Part 1, there's a very minor villain that shows up named Bruford. That's named after him. Uh, he used to tour around wearing a uh, Boston Bruins shirt, because the logo for the Bruins is just a big stylized B, and he's BB. I find that very funny because he seems like a not a terribly serious man. Uh, but on his band, Bruford did a very nice song I like called uh, "Back to the Beginning," which I'll be I'll be honest, I'm not really sure it's about anything. If the lyrics were written by this like uh, weirdo jazz singer named An Annette Peacock, who was a member of the band at the time, it's more poetic. But given the whole time travel, of the show it seemed very appropriate. And I think uh, if you're into Yuki Kajira's sort of ornate baroque stylings this might be a little off your alley so go check that out i'm not gonna li not gonna lie amon i almost expected you to make a head pun P pick a song about losing one's head i mean just pick any song from the musical hair i guess yeah or or sweeney todd <laughs> hmm I, I, I will re-record Just a Little Priest with all the Magical Girl characters another day. Megan, tell us where we can find you. You can find me at Queen Era 2. I shit post retweet art, cry about my boyfriend, cry about Madao Zushi and other things that I'm into. I'd also like to recommend one thing is, uh, like, I was an AMV person for the longest time. And there is a, there is a 
bitchin' AMV to Madoka out there. Um, called, uh, I think it's called Devil's Game. Watch the first one, not the second one. She re-edited it, but the first one's my favorite one. Um, and the song to it is actually really, really good. And that is, yeah, it is called Devil's Game. It's by an AMV editor named Chikaboom. Oh, yeah. Uh, but specifically, the song, it's the song, um, uh, Cruel Demon's Faith by Within, Within Temptation is what it's set to. And it's really fucking good. And everybody should watch it. <laughs> In that case, I have an AMV recommendation for Madoka as well. It's uh, set to the um, remixed version of the Dayman song from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Oh my god. <laughs> so back in the day when I used to do an AMV panel at cons, um, I used to do an example of best drama AMVs, and it was a Madoka AMV. And I showed it to people one time, and one of the girls in the panel was crying by the time we were done. And complained, how could you do that to people without warning? Uh, said AMV was an entire AMV about Madoka and Homura's relationship to When Somebody Loved Me from Toy Story 2. <laughs> That's awful. Of all... So, uh... I'm not kidding you, it's really good, too. I have it. It's fantastic. Well, yeah, I mean... I it's mean, just... it's a great song, but... Jeez, you don't- you gotta warn people for that. Just- oh no. I remember- just- yeah, but that's how- and that's how I made a girl cry. Oh wow, a Sarah McLaughlin song made people cry. What a surprise. Okay, and as for myself, Noah Clue, you can follow me on Twitter, at Noah Clue. Um, post, um, postings about, um, the animation world and pictures of my children. I am a proud father of three. It, it's a crazy, hectic life, but I make room for cartoons and talking with these guys about it because these guys give me the lifeblood I need to get through the massive backlog that is animation in general. I have a bunch of shows I should be watching right now, and I want all of you to go out there and enjoy great shows like Madoka as we wrap this all up. Thank you for joining Magic Girls Anonymous. Go forth in the name of Madoka. Keep it magical. Aloha, and otaku on, my friends. Rock on Cleveland, rock on Boston. Don't lose your head. Kamishita yo, don't lose your head. Boo!